You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of uh, Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. And today we have the pleasure of having Ruella Crouch from Ruella James, uh, which is a recruitment to recruitment uh, firm. And Ruella, thanks for taking the time to do, do this show. Uh, I'm super excited about getting to know more about you. So can you just start by telling us your story? Who are you? How did you get started? Where were you born? Just just the general. Okay. Uh, well, I live in the UK. Um, my business is predominantly London-based. Uh, I started in recruitment at the tender age of 19. Um, I was born down in Brighton, which is a, a coastal city for those, those of you who don't know Brighton. And uh, as I said, I, I started in the recruitment industry when I was 19 years old. So I now have over 35 years of experience. I was I turned 53 this year. Wow. And uh, the reason why I still do what I do is like, I just absolutely love making a difference to people's lives and to our clients' businesses. So it doesn't, luckily, it's never felt like work. Um, for me, it's, it's just been the best job in the world. And, and like most people, I entered recruitment completely by accident. And what, what can you tell us that story? How how did you what, what was the accident? How did you get it? Uh, okay, so in the UK we do a qualification called A levels, and after A levels you go to university. Yeah. Um, I was all signed up to go to uh, the University of Kent in Canterbury to study American studies, which would mean a year in the US. So that was quite exciting. Awesome. Um, and I ended up taking a year out, as some people do in the UK, to get some work experience. Started working for a newspaper called the Independent Newspaper in a tennis telephone sales role, selling advertising space. I was one of the first 10 people that they hired. So I was really privileged to to get that job. Thousands of people applied. And after six months of cold calling, which was absolutely horrific in some (laughs) respects, the best and worst job I've ever done. um, I just, I literally just fell into recruitment and and I have been there ever, ever since. And did you start recruiting for that newspaper or did you get a job at a recruitment firm? I got a job at a, a recruitment consultancy. Uh, my, prior to doing recruitment to recruitment, I always did finance recruitment. So I was a finance recruiter and then many, many years later ended up in 1999 setting up Rewilder James to do recruitment to recruitment, which is where I still am now. That's brilliant. Okay. And, and, and to get more context on this, right? So did you ever feel like you wanted to go back to school or college in, in um, so that's a really interesting question because um, all of this time I haven't. But over the pandemic, um, I suppose when you are in a situation as we were at the time, going from a business that was you know, doing really well to a business that overnight literally lost £70,000 worth of revenue in a couple of days, yeah. all of our pipeline business, um, and you're, you're sort of sat there, we lost every single role that we work on we were working on and we work in a very candidate driven market so we had many many roles that's when I realized that probably to get out of this I needed to hire a business coach I needed to you know look at myself and I've probably in the last 12 months been through the biggest period of learning and personal growth that I ever have in my life um, and I'm very much a believer that you're never too old to learn but cool. yeah at that, for, uh, prior to that point Obviously, you're learning all the time running a business. You're making <clears throat> things. You have highs, you have lows. But l- last year, I have been on a very big journey to take my business back into a successful place. 
um, and not obviously back to where we were in COVID times. And and now let, let's go back into like the starting or the founding story mm. of business, right? Mm. So why did you decide that you wanted to quit your job as a consultant and start mm. your own firm? Because it's very different, right? Doing execution yes. versus running the entire business. Yes. Um, gosh, that's interesting because I suppose I don't think I'm a natural entrepreneur and I really don't think I'm a natural managing director of a business I've always felt I was a very good number two not necessarily the not the top person that's that's the wrong phraseology but in charge of of a group of people Um, I always preferred working with someone rather than working on my own Um, and I suppose it just happened again by accident my husband at the time um, had a telecoms business with a family telecoms business they sold that business back in 1998-1999 and I was a very successful recruiter in finance recruitment, as I said before. And uh, one day he just said, look, why don't we just start a business? And it, it was literally the furthest thing from my mind. Um, and for months and months and months, I really wasn't very sure that this was the right thing to do. But we had used recruitment to recruitment companies to recruit for ourselves. And at the time, it was a real mishmash of, of different businesses. Um, I don't think I really realised how hard the sector was. But I had this very naive idea at the time, do you know what, I think I could do better than the majority of the companies that were doing doing it at the time. Naively so, in, in hindsight. It, it's, it's a very hard sector. Um, so the question I think you originally asked was, um, how, did I, how did I set up my own business? So James, who, who was my business partner, he, they sold the telecoms business and we got money from the telecoms business to set up Luella James. And at the time, it was a, a six-figure sum so we were in a place where we could, I suppose, comfortably set up a business without worrying too much whether we were successful from day one or not. And Willa, what were the costs of actually setting up a business back then, right? So what were the upfront things that you spent money on and which ones do you think that you, it was probably not worth it or things that you should have invested more on? Just, just for um, people starting out now. At the beginning, we invested the most money in our tech in our tech, um, in our CRM. Um, we had you know, reasonably nice offices. I'm not going to pretend they were awful because they weren't. We were really lucky. Um, we had offices offices in a place called Great Castle Street um, in the West End, and actually they were really beautiful. We rented them off an advertising agency. So you can imagine they, they were really lovely. Um, again, we had the money to start off with sort of four staff straight away. Um, and in hindsight, I would say having that, too much money to start with. Is sorry? that including you and your partner or is it two plus two? or is it um, two He was still working in his previous business. So there were four plus me. Um, oh, wow. But in hindsight, I would say sometimes when you have too much money, when you have more money than you need to start a business, it isn't necessarily the best thing. And one of the lessons I learned quite quickly was if you're in a situation where you're under a, quite a bit of pressure, from day one, you kind of get off the blocks, perhaps a bit more quickly than we did. It did take us a few weeks to start making our first placements. And I think we were perhaps a little bit complacent because we had money in the bank, but it, it did slowly start <laughs> disappearing as it, as it does in a startup. Um, but we sort of regained that situation quite quickly. And, and so and now this is an interesting question. Why decide to like hire four people on day one? Right. What was the logic behind it? Gosh, if I could talk back to myself 21 years ago, 
And I don't think there was necessarily any particular logic at the time. Um, it just felt the right thing to do. We know we wanted to we wanted to hit the ground running. Um, we knew it was a very competitive space. Um, we had certain plans to hire lots of um, trainees for recruitment companies because the industry at the time was 10,000 people short of good yeah. recruiters. So we had a recruitment academy from day one. Um, we had a, a division dealing with sort of mid-level consultants and we had a division dealing at the senior end. And I think we felt if we did a lot of the senior end, they would turn into clients. And if we did a lot of the junior end, we would have this flow of candidates coming back to us if we dealt with them you know, well enough. So it was sort of a two-pronged attack that we had and we felt that we had to cover every base. Um, and I think that's why at the beginning we took on four people. And, and what was revenue like for that first year? Right. Um, I I don't think we made a profit in that first year. Going back, if, if I think about it. But how bad because was it? Like, did Did you lose like ten grand, a hundred grand the first year? More than that? Like, I, I would say it was about. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. In the first year, if I remember rightly, it was about thirty thousand that we lost. But bearing oh. in mind we had great IT, we we didn't skimp on anything. I'm not going to okay. lie. So Everything you were, was you were generous with your investments across across. We, we, all. we just we just went for it. We just absolutely went for and it. And your second was that a profitable year? Yes, it was. I don't remember the number. To be honest, it was it was such a long That's time funny. ago. Did the yes. headcount? You know, it was you plus four people in the first year. Did all of these four people? Did you keep all of these four people in the second year as well, or did you let some of them go if they weren't performing and hired new? No, like, what was the- I, 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 I knew them all, so I think we were very fortunate that one of the things about Rowena Jones is we kept our staff for a significant period of time. So wow. even right now, we have seven people in our business. In fact, two of them joined yesterday. Okay, um, wow. but yeah. but none of them have had less than fourteen or fifteen years with us. Wow. Mm. Okay. So you, you you've been you've been able to keep your talent. Is it because you're very generous and you and, and and you and you compensate them well, or is there something else, um, a secret that you have that's kept people for that long? I I think I'd like to think that anyone who's ever left our business has has left um, on really good terms with us and has always felt that we treated them well. And I think I'm one of these people that what you see is what you get. So I am like this the whole time. Um, I'm very fair. If things are going wrong, I actually look to myself first. I think, what have I not done? What have I not taught that person? Um, we've always um, compensated people fairly. Um, and I think we've always just been really flexible. So when COVID hit, for example, we had been working remotely for 15 years. Um, so whilst we have had offices in the past, we are a, we are a firm mainly made up of women with children. Um, so, for example, I think we're very we're kind of quite ahead of our time when it comes to how we deal with our team. Cool. And and now that we talked about compensating folks fairly, right? New new entrepreneurs rarely know what the right amount of money to pay is, right? So, how do you think about one? Uh, I understand that the base salaries are different in every market, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know co- the cost of living is different. But how do you think about commission compensation? Do do people on your team have commissions on on yeah, places? Absolutely. So, so when you set up when you set up compensation, do you, do you do you set commissions up in a way that they're supposed to cover their entire salary or something more than that first, and then they get a specific percentage of whatever they make in placements or whatever billing they do, or does the billing or the commission counter start from the first placement? 
Um, we, I think we follow quite a traditional model that's been around for quite some time. So we pay our team a minimum of 30% of what they bill. And it okay. does go up to, I think it's 40, 45% on a sliding scale. So okay. the minimum they'll get is 30% of everything they bill on a quarterly basis. And then that will be the, the threshold is their basic salary. So we then minus their basic salary off the commission right. that they have earned. Right. But it's, 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 it's in tranches. So we have zero to 180 is at a certain percentage, 180 to, now you're testing me, I think, 250 and then 250 plus. But over each quarter, we have stretch, um, we have bonuses if they achieve a stretch target. And we also have some um, bonuses that are non-financially related based around certain tasks that we think are quite important to the success of our business. Got it. Perfect. So, so, so that's, that, that, that's fairly generous, right? So you're averaging close to 40% in, in of whatever is being built. Uh, do you, do you, as a firm, do you have a lot of people that are like in support roles that are not necessarily billing, but supporting the folks that are billing? Like you could have, some people have an office assistant. Some people have like just research assistants that are not making the placements, but just doing research. So h- how do you think about that as a, as a business? I'm a great believer in don't try to make somebody all things to all people. So obviously, um, many businesses follow a traditional 360 model. Yeah. But we work in a very, very candidate-driven space. So our team are mainly focused on finding talent. They right. are supported by talent managers. And they are very well supported with admin resource as well. And the reason I do that is I want my team to focus on doing the task that makes money. Um, And I want the back office team who are um, obviously experts on the administrative financial processes, whatever they're doing to do that job. So I'm not a massive believer in having someone do everything. If you're going to create consistency in a business, consultants get very, very distracted chasing the money. But in the yeah. background, you're, you know, you've got to get your admin done, your financials. You've got to make sure you're, you're being compliant. We do lots of things like this. Um, we have our own podcast. We have our own recruitment hacks live show. Um, so we also have a business operations manager. Sorry, she's a director, a business operations director, Katie, who literally is the glue that keeps all those back office functions running to serve the consultant team for business and and rule like now going back into this right what's the hardest part or what's the crappiest part about doing your job right you run a firm there's there's obviously the highs right when you make a big placement and so on but yeah. but what's on a consistent basis what, what would you say is like this thing that sucks about running a recruitment business that people don't realize till they actually do it i think it's a lot harder than, than people think <laughs> Um, I think managing your cash flow is is just so important. And I know in the early days, I definitely took my eye off the ball when it came to looking at cash flow and not just looking at your cash flow, but kind of planning months in advance what it's what it's going to look like. Um, keeping money back for a rainy day. I think at the beginning, as I said to you, we were very cash positive when we started the business. And I think that sometimes gets you into bad habits because you just think you have this insurmountable amount of cash if you have the odd week that's not so great um, it doesn't matter and it, it does it does matter you know right now if we if we're not billing a consistent amount of money every single week then I'll be thinking okay that's that's not great what what have we got to do to okay. to get us back into not a cash positive situation but in a situation where we are back on target so 
I'm much more target focused, much more watching the cash flow, keeping money back for a rainy day, and actually training your team really, really thoroughly. So they they, they do the job that they're they're employed to do. And and Rula, digging digging into that whole the the cash cash situation you're talking about now as a as a founder, it's also very important to make sure your personal financial situation is separated from the company's financial situation, right? Yeah. So do, yeah. You, do you pay yourself like a consistent salary, whatever that may be, or do you only pay yourself at the end of the year based on the profits the firm makes? How do you think about hmm. the whole <laughs> finance? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I, I pay myself a regular salary. I mean, I've okay. got so, uh, so two children. Of... I'm a single parent. Got it. I wish I could wait to the end of the year, but no, I, I, I pay myself a consistent salary um, and I'm always the first to put the money back into the business rather than, I don't live a lavish lifestyle. I don't think it's fair on that team that are, um, when I say lavish, I mean, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is. You don't uh, drive a I, do, I, I drive a Mercedes, but it's a secondhand Mercedes. But uh, no, I, I think, you know, the most important thing is to make sure your team is successful. And from their success, you will be successful. So I totally, I totally understand. Live the lifestyle when you've been successful, not when you're sort of up and coming. But now, as, as again, right to the same question, we obviously, most of us are in business to, to get rich. Yes. So at the end of every year, do you, do, is there a certain formula you have in your head where you say, you know, if, if our EBITDA is 20%, we're going to take half, put half of it back into the business and take half as like a director's bonus or something like that? Or are these things you think about it? And if they're not, it's fine, right? I just want to not, get it. Not really. I mean, we are a business of seven people. We have yeah. been a much bigger business in the past. Yeah. Uh, my situation is probably slightly different in that I have, my, my business partner was my ex-husband um, oh. and we have recently got divorced. So one of the things that I've been doing over the last three years is in a, I've, I've bought the business. And as a consequence of that, there have still been, um, uh, not fees, but he's he's still retained um, an interest in the business for the last three years, and we've been paying him for that. So I don't think I'm going to really know where I am until, in fact, this is the last month. So I don't know I really know where I'll be until, you know, a year from now to see what the the reality of, of running a business on my own um, for 12 months out of COVID uh, really looks like. And and what's the what are like the plans for the next two or three years or five years uh, for you, Ruella? Is is the goal to consolidate this team of seven people and optimize and figure out how you can make more billing placements out of them, or is the goal to like aggressively reinvest and double the size? Like, well, how do you how do you think about that? Over the well, months? I probably did the converse to most people over COVID. Um, it's not it's not because we had um, you know I could just waste money. I, I couldn't. What I what I knew was that when you when we came out of COVID, the recruitment world would look very very different. So over COVID, actually, we heavily invested in our business. So we redid our website, our branding. Um, we went on courses with regards to personal branding, particularly on LinkedIn and Instagram. So we spent a lot of money rebuilding our business through personal branding. As right. a consequence of that, um, I know you like data, so. From Jan- since January this year, over 50 of our new clients have come purely from the work that we've been doing on LinkedIn wow. and social media. So we and invested in yeah a coach, new new website, new CRM, um, new personal branding, so many different things that and, we and did. And when you say client, right, do you, do you mean 
someone who has signed a contract with you and given you a job, or do you mean someone who you have billed and they've actually paid you at least one pound? Oh, okay, that's a good question. Um, yeah. No, someone who's given us a role. Someone Got it. Given us a Got role. it. And of the people that give you a role, how many end up giving you money? Any money, right? Whether it's one pound or five pounds or twenty thousand pounds. Um. Well. I would say typically it's probably around 30 to 40% of the clients who give us a role, we we fill their role. But one of the things as a business, you know, we're really looking at, and I think it's very popular um, in the UK to look at this right now is doing more retained work. Yes. So we, that's the model that we're following, not with everybody, but with a number of clients, that is the model that we're now following with them. You you should totally check out episode eight because it's with Louise Archer, who's... Oh, it was her who trained us. It was her oh, husband. brilliant! So, oh, so you can see a little dog in the background. <laughs> super cute. So, so, so Lu, Lu, Louise is actually one. What has been one of her guests on episode eight? It's amazing. Is- I, I totally, um, her work <laughs> and what she's been doing is is incredible. Yeah, it's we, very we, we worked with her to a business, right? Going out and making sure a client's paying you up front. It, it just yes. changes the cash flow of your business. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. And and so one of the last few questions, right? You've already shared a lot about your personal situation. You're 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 53. Um, you know, uh you're separated. Two children. Two, two children. <laughs> are are they are they super young or are they more like college age? Like uh they're they're 13 and 15. Okay, got so it. So high school. Free GCSE in the UK. Yeah. Got it, got it. And 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 you have a you you have one dog or do you have more than one dogs? One dog. <laughs> Got it. One and, dog. And and Ruella, last question, right? What would be your advice to your twenty year old self? Uh, I, I think to believe in myself more. I think um, I probably spent most of my young life, my younger life, uh, doubting my ability to achieve certain things. Um, and you know, I know we don't know each other that well, but anyone who does know me or my team have seen me over the last 12 months grow more than I have at any time ever in my life. So even doing this, this podcast with you and and having our own podcast, um, I never would have thought I would, I say brave, you know, to have the courage to do that. Um, we have our own show, as I said, sorry. Putting yourself out there for the world to criticize. Yeah, I would never have done that before. But there's definitely benefits to people getting to know you on a more personal level through this medium or or any other. And uh, definitely for us, it's been incredibly beneficial. So what I've what I've realised is you're never too old to learn. And yeah. I wish I probably wish I had taken more chances and, and believed in myself perhaps a lot more than I did. Believe in yourself more as well as yeah. about yourself. And now la- this is the absolute last question. That's all right. If someone's starting a recruitment firm today, if you know someone in their 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, right? Anybody who, who's trying to set up their own job today, mm. what would be advice you give them, right? What, 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 what are the two or three things you think they should care about or think about before they start? Have a really good mentor or coach from day one. That was something we didn't have until recently. So that would be number one. And how would you... Um, Finding that mentor, would you like, do you, do you recommend just going on LinkedIn, finding someone that makes sense and just messaging them and asking them to help you out? Yeah, I think there are so many incredible people on LinkedIn. Um, I think one of the things, my next piece of advice, which would perhaps go on, take, go on from the question you just asked, is to have a really incredible network of people yeah. around you. 
So over LinkedIn, um, you know, some of the people that I've been speaking to, Amelia Sordell on the personal branding piece, Chris O'Connor, um, Chris O'Connell, sorry, on the, um, he's a, an NED um, and he's, he's very big on sort of mental health, mindfulness. He's grown a 24 million pound um, recruitment business. So having somebody like that in your circle, um, yeah, they're, they're just sort of two of the people that I've, I've been working with. Um, and, and I've met them all through LinkedIn, going on my journey through LinkedIn. That's how I've met them. Well, your, your core advice to someone starting a new recruitment firm is to basically get mentors and learn from people that have already done it. So you make lessons. Mentors, have a great tribe around you, watch the cash, um, yeah. and set yourself real mild, milestones before you invest in something else. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been one of these people that just say, oh, yeah, I want that. And I'll off my <laughs> gone. Um, and it hasn't always served us well. Um, so I think, yeah, set yourself real milestones before you make that next hire or that that next next investment. Do, do the math, right? Figure out the yeah. ROI on, you Absolutely. know, if you're a thousand dollars up, what what comes back and when? Yeah, and, and having an idea of what success looks like. That that's brilliant. And having work. a great CRM. I'm gonna. I'm not saying that because <laughs> you're interviewing me. Um, yeah. We've always been. Um, we've always had really good databases. Yep. Um, and and just make sure that your team input all the information because I've always been incredibly strict on making sure that you know stuff goes so in. Build the right or use the right tools and systems so that your business is actually all on one platform. So Absolutely, it, it, yeah. Digitized, brilliant. And and Ruella, it was awesome, awesome having you. We appreciate you being so open about it and sharing. It's fine, no problem. Like to share. Uh, but but thank you and have we, we wish you the absolute best in growing your Lovely. business. Lovely. Have a great day. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you liked today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment. <laughs>